0: Welcome to the Apply Rigger Podcast. This is episode five and we're welcoming our good friend Steve Adams. Steve is a veteran banker and entrepreneur with a passion for building organizations um, with culture and vision to achieve extraordinary results. And Mr. Dave Bennett is going to take us through a conversation with Steve.
1: Man, I'm so excited. Hey Steve, how you doing my friend?
2: Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: Hey, you're welcome. So if you're a podcast listener and you've been been with us a little bit, here's why it's important that we have Steve on the program today. A few episodes ago, I shared my story. I talked about when the business I was running hit a wall uh, many years ago, and then John kind of pulled out this idea that when you put people around you, it helps you get through these valleys. Well, the guy that was so impactful for me is Steve, who's on the phone with us today. And just to give you a little bit more background, he's from Lansing, Michigan, where he grew up, son of an auto worker. He went on to university, became the first college graduate and MBA in his family, which is pretty sweet. His first career was in banking, where he moved through the retail, then corporate banking divisions, becoming one of the top producing bankers in an $80 billion international bank. And then after 10 years in banking, he sensed a faith calling to entrepreneurship to make a difference in the lives of entrepreneurs. Today... Steve's first venture was a retail organization that ultimately ended up in growing to 40 units in six states with over 700 employees. Wow. He recently made the decision to sell his interest in this organization to his partners to pursue his calling in international development work through a business-as-mission nonprofit. So today, my friend Steve is focusing on expanding the nonprofit business-as-mission organization that currently is doing work in Eastern Europe, Central Asia, And with plans to expand into Asia, farther into Asia and Madagascar. And so, and probably Steve would say one of the most important details about him is this next part, which is the fact that he's married to his awesome wife, Heidi, for 31 years. He has two grown kids who live in Texas and California. And so Steve, again, welcome. We are pumped that you are here with with us at the Apply Rigor podcast.
2: Thank you, gentlemen. I'm excited to talk.
1: All right, all right. So you know, one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is the fact that you know, as you go through your journey, there are peaks and there are valleys, and there are peaks and there are valleys, and after every peak is a valley, and after every valley is a peak. Okay, and I think even from what I just read, we can already sense there were there have been a lot of peaks that God's blessed you with in your journey. And so, for our listeners, for our time the other day, I'd really like to talk about you know when you encountered you know, your first major valley or failure or struggle in your business. Talk to us about that a little bit.
2: Sure, I'd be happy to do it. Um, yeah, you know, everybody's bio, it, it reads like they never did anything wrong. Um, so, uh, I, uh, yeah, I honestly, I had several valleys, but I'll pick one that I think was probably the most uh, meaningful. Um, right before the financial crisis uh, in 2007, uh, me and my partners, um, we we were partners in this retail organization, which at the time had only two units. And we were also doing development work, real estate development work. And we had this large project uh, with several years and several million dollars into it. And our major anchor the night before closing uh, pulled out of the deal. And wow. we were left with several million dollars in debt. And it, it was devastating. and. For me personally, uh, I was down uh, in Florida, uh, I was on a beach with my wife and I ended up going on, a I don't know, a couple mile walk just asking the Lord what I was going to do. And um, I just got peace that if I did the right thing and put one in front of the other, uh, that things would be okay. Um, I also had a, had a choice to make because I had a 14 and a 12 year old at the time. And these kids were going to be watching their dad and see what kind of a decision was he going to make? Mm. Uh, What kind of character was he going to have? Was he going to lead himself and the family out of this? Or was he going to become a bitter old man? And, Mm. you know, my partners had to have some similar type thoughts in their own mind. Well, we came back together and we committed to working through it. And uh, these guys were also men of faith and we developed a plan over 10 years to, It had multiple angles to it, business growth in the retail organization, selling off assets, uh, you know, repositioning assets. Well, anyway, we made our last payment last February. And by God's grace, we were able to pay all of that off.
3: Congratulations. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah, it it was tough. It it took 10 years. And, you know, we, we, we just had to decide what was right. And we leaned into our faith. But the other thing, too, that I heard David just say something about apply rigor, That really applied there you know we couldn't just like manifest success we had to actually put stuff down on paper and go work it Hmm. and um you know uh and and place our faith in our lord and and just know that if we did the right thing that he would honor it and you know one of the things we said to each other all the time was we behaved our way into this problem we have to Mm -hmm. behave our way out of it that's That's awesome that's great
0: yeah I, i actually wanted to ask that question when which it sounds to me like you answered it, but I want you to go to a little deeper on it. When, when you said that you were on the beach with your wife um, after having received the phone call and you started to take that walk, shortly after that, you, you mentioned, you, know, you knew that your family was watching you. How are you going to lead yourself out of this struggle? And the question that I wrote down is, is it How? How did you lead yourself out of that struggle? And it sounds to me like you, you kind of mentioned it with the behavior, but take us into that. Like really, what did it feel like? Yeah. Because like, we know that you're feeling yeah. something inside. So how did you do that when you're feeling all the weight of what's just happened?
2: Right. Uh, well, it was. I was terrified because I was 43 and broke. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. prior to that, You know, I was a very successful banker and was, you know, doing really well financially. And, um, you know, I I had this calling to leave banking and to be an entrepreneur uh, to do what I'm doing now, ultimately, I believe. But I didn't know that then. And uh, uh, so I had a lot of fear. And so I had to overcome that, you know. And, And I just knew that, you know, that that emotion is a lie. It's not the truth um, that I still, you know, had my family and my health and my abilities and gifts. I just needed to work them and apply them. And really what it was too, was I had to learn, like, how did I get here? Uh, what were the, what series of decisions and behaviors led to this? Because if anybody is in a really tough place in business, for the most part, unless they, you know, they got uh, cheated or something just really out of their control happened, unless that's true you have to look in the mirror and go, I made decisions that got me here. Yeah. And I have to I have to deal with my mindset, and I, and that's where my faith comes in because, you know, if it's an emotion that's not lining up with the truth of Scripture, then it's a lie, and I need to get rid of it and focus on truth. And uh, so Philippians 4, uh, uh, 8 was big to me then. Uh, it talks about, you know, the, the way you should think, what's true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and those things. And so that was how I was able to overcome my fear was through my faith. And then I just started taking action. You know, you got to take action and and take little baby steps every day. And what happens is they start to take on a momentum of their own. Mm-hmm. And and then then you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And when you get there, then you know, okay, I just got to work it, and it'll get there. And and God does a lot of great work in your in your soul during those times.
3: Steve, when you first started talking about you know, when you're hit with this strategy, you said there was a certain peace that came over you. What? And I think you mentioned a little bit—it's your relationship with your heavenly Father. But, like, what did that feel like in terms of that peace? Like, you know, there's crisis around you. You're in a valley. You go, okay. What? What is that peace? Can you describe right. that? Yeah. Was
2: it scripture? Yeah. Was well, it? you know, it—it yeah. it, it was a—it uh, was a long walk by myself hmm. and. Prior to that, I hadn't talked all day, and my wife sitting next to me, and she knew I was hurting. She just didn't know what to say because she was scared. Yeah. And, and that's part of me leading myself. You know, look, my kids and my wife need to see that I have a plan, or else they're going to fall apart. Yeah. And so I just remember in, uh, in Second Peter chapter 1 where it talks about I've been given everything I need for life and godliness. And I just thought, you know, uh, the Lord didn't um, call me out of this to completely fail and give up. Um, I still, um, have all of these positives that I can build from. And I, I believe that he is going to provide somehow, some way, if I'll just do the right thing, if I'll honor him in this. And so for us, that meant not filing bankruptcy and we, we could have, we probably should have. And, and from a secular worldview standpoint, um, and, and we might've had to, if we were forced in it, some Christians are forced into it by their lenders and that that's fine, but we we weren't going to um, you know proactively cause that to happen. If they were, if our banks would work with us, we would work our way out of it, and that's what we did. And so that's how, the, where the peace came from. Was I knew that if I was honoring God, that He would take care of me somehow, some mm, way. Mm, and okay. um, it was it was a real peace. Now let me tell you, the first four or five years of that ten years was brutal, <laughs> I and. I had to fight that a lot. I didn't have like one moment where I had peace and I was good for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's not true That's at good. all. Right. I had a lot of bad days and a lot of days where I was very scared, very uptight, but I would always have to come back to how I got peace originally. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: You You said something earlier about... Um, Kind of going through, following this idea of, of, of taking truth and, and working it in as, as you're powering through these bad days, you asked a question to yourself. You said you posed a question. It was, what behaviors led here? So taking responsibility yep. for, like in, in business, what got us here? And something that I wrote down was, when you started asking that question, what did you find and what did you do with it? Hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, what we found was uh, this project was way too big. It was like a $60 million project and it was way too big for us to be getting our, getting involved in. And um, so we had a cavalier attitude toward the use of debt um, and risk. Um, You know, when, when you take on an initiative as an entrepreneur, somehow you've got, if you're going to borrow the money, somehow you've got to get it in your head that this is really your money that you're writing the check for it because I think sometimes when you can borrow the money, it doesn't hurt as much. Mm. And so you'll take more risk mm. and you got to think about it as this is actually me writing my, like using my wife's inheritance or something and think about it that way. Uh, that, that was our issue. We were just too cavalier with debt. We were very presumptive, you know, and the Bible talks about presumption mm. in James. Uh, we were very presumptive. And so, You know, going after that, we going forward, you know, we, we said, we're not doing anything that is completely speculative. If it doesn't make sense, if it can't be sustainable, we're not doing it. And that was ultimately how we climbed out of it because we, you know, we took our lumps on assets that weren't sustainable and our retail business. We knew if we just kept adding units, our sustainability went up and Mm. and that's what happened. So in that 10 years, we went from two units to 43, and uh, uh, and uh, the, the the relative size of that got so big that the, the money that we owed on the property didn't didn't really it didn't it didn't size up anymore. So we we're able to extinguish that debt. Hmm. Yeah, and and uh, here's another lesson well. too. I would say it's really big and is when you're in that bottom in that pit, it's easy to make survival decisions that you regret later. Mm. And so we were able to avoid that trap because so many times I've been reminded that not taking the shortcut paid off because we never would have been able to grow our retail business to that size. If we would have taken the wrong path back when we were small, because that stuff follows you and we would not have been able to secure leases. We wouldn't have been able to bring in investor money. Uh, even now, just a couple days ago, I signed a document for my nonprofit. Uh, you have to you have to register in every state to solicit funds. And if I would have put on there, I had a bankruptcy, all of this mm. other stuff, I would have had a hard time mm. getting the f- approval in that state. So it, it pays off if you can if you honor God, that it'll pay off in a big way.
3: There's so much wisdom in there, Steve. It's incredible. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people out there that are going to hear that and just grow from it and glorify God through that peaks and valleys. If we could land a plane here and just, if you could just tell us if you, I don't know if, well, anyway, I'll just ask it mm-hmm. what emotion brought you in the Valley and what emotion brought you out of the Valley?
2: Hmm. hmm. Wow. That's a tough question. Um, The, uh, well, the emotion that brought me into it was greed. Okay. Um, and, uh, the emotion that brought me out of it was, um, honestly, it was, uh, it was just a very firm conviction and faith in Christ that if I did the right thing and just persevered. So I'd say perseverance um, pulled us, pulled me, pulled my partners through. And and I want to make sure I don't sound like it's me. It was the right. three of us working together. Right. We were a team.
3: And um, so, you know, final question here is, you know, um, when you're looking about the peaks and the valleys, what inspires you now? You know, have you gone through that transition? Oh, what, what has inspired you?
2: Uh, so some, the things that inspire me now is I love equipping entrepreneurs. Um, and, you know, kind of coming alongside them and guiding them. And now I'm doing it primarily in the international missions context. Uh, but, but occasionally I um, will get around one here in the U.S. and and it's, it'll be a lot of fun for me to kind of guide them and mentor them a little bit. Um, but really my what, what's inspiring me now is uh, we, we are operating in these closed access countries with Muslim background believers wow. in a place where typical missionaries can't function. And so we're, we're, we're really making a difference because we're, we basically do three, two, three things. We train and equip someone in business and evangelism. They end up running the business and supporting themselves and others. And then they tithe and invest in their local church and the church grows. And that's really what our vision is all about.
3: Is there? I promise this will be the last question. There's so much inside yeah, you. In right, you're cut in, off after yeah, yeah, this. This is my last one. You're All done. Right, Everyone who's
2: watching is like, "Gosh, dude, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> enough already, man."
3: So, is there any encouragement you can offer to those entrepreneurs in the middle of the valley right now? Like, if you look back and you go, "Okay, if you're in the valley," what would you what would you tell those entrepreneurs and executives out there?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, what I a couple things. Obviously, if there are people of faith, that they've got to just get on their knees and dig into the word. Uh, but also get people around you who encourage you, yeah. um, you know, get a mentor who's someone older than you that's been through valleys to help you. Uh, cause you, the, the biggest problem in a valley is maintaining the proper perspective and mindset to make good decisions no, because you uh, get in survival yeah, mode. Yeah. Yeah. That, that really would be my biggest advice.
1: Man, well, and, and I couldn't echo that enough, because the funny thing about this is, is the fact that that is exactly how and the way God used you in my story, which is so, so cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Steve is also the author of the book, Passionate Entrepreneur. You can grab that on Amazon. Uh, but Steve, if anyone here is listening and they want to follow you or they want to connect with you, how do they do that?
2: Sure. Um, it's, uh, at IBAM.org is the email. Uh, and so, and then they can go to the IBAM website. I, I B A M it's international businesses mission. So IBAM.org. And, uh, they can also send in a a request for me there too, and see what we do
1: awesome man well thank you so much for your time with us yeah, today awesome. you know we have had we have been so blessed i know our our uh, listeners and viewers are as well just learning from somebody who's been in the valley has also found a way to fight and get out of the valley by god's grace and is continuing to move forward and do great things and so thank you again for your time and for those of you that are watching we'll be back again next week with another episode but between now and then just go out and apply some stinking rigor Thank you. See ya. Thanks,
3: Thanks, Steve. Steve.